Welcome once again to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hass of Team Reba, Remax Metro East Side. And Eric Osmond is here from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. So happy weekend. Happy weekend. How are you, Mister? Doing good, doing good. We're you know well into spring here and yes, busy as ever. The home buying season is on fire already again fully on fire yes it is i thought with rates going up that things would slow down just a little bit and Mm -hmm. if anything it's more frenzied than than it was i would agree yeah i think people are realizing we've had some rates coming up it's like okay i better get off the fence here all those yes all those people who were sitting around um hearing like oh i'm gonna wait till things drop i'm gonna wait no it's not happening Mm -mm. and it hopefully especially because now that we're kind of opening things up again and people are gathering together Mm -hmm. hopefully they're actually talking to their friends and or family who've been through a transaction lately and hearing the oh my gosh this went for 20 percent of our asking price Mm -hmm. and going oh crap (laughs) maybe maybe those aren't going down (laughs) I should do this right now before I'm not capable of doing it at all. No, it's, it's really true. <laughs> you know? I mean, we are, you know, with, with rates, and we'll do an update shortly here, mm-hmm. but we're up a full percent from where we were a year ago. Mm-hmm. And if you took just like a $2,500 payment, mortgage payment, that 1% increase in rates just took away almost $70,000 in buying power. Yep. So, and it's not going to get any better it's not. in the near future here. So one of the things I'm also reminding people of constantly, because part of it's economics, but a lot of it's also demographics. Yeah. Right? People keep forgetting that we have these massive groups of people coming behind us. That's right. (laughs) That are going to need housing. And if they want to own that housing, there's going to be some struggles. Yes. Of, you know, what's available and how many people are trying to fight for it. No, you're right. 30 years ago, there was a little mini baby boom that, that happened uh-huh. in our area. And yeah. that demographic is into the home buying processes just, right now. Just in the time that you and I have been alive, mm. the number of people on the planet has doubled. In a 34-year period, Yeah, we doubled. Yeah. We're around 8 billion people. Well, it feels like that in Seattle alone right now yeah down the road yeah no exactly and so we're seeing this continue to happen and and it's not going to change it's not getting there's not a smaller group of young people coming behind the millennials that everyone loves to vilify Mm -hmm. you know the group behind them gen z is bigger than they are Mm -hmm. right and guess what they're all starting to hit about 24 years old right now Mm -hmm. which means in the next five years especially as they're getting into their income earning years and wanting to find housing. Well, guess what? Mm-hmm. This is going to just continue to take away the other economics behind it mm-hmm. of yeah, interest true. rates. But supply and demand is just going to continue to compress, you know, the, the capabilities. And that's why we're not going to have a housing bubble. Right. Because the, the the demand is far outstripping the supply. Yeah, and it we can't is, build fast enough. No, we can't. As a matter of fact, nationwide, the demand is greater than mm-hmm. the supply by 4 million houses. Yeah. We're 4 million short. Yeah. It's going to take years And we usually sell about 6 up. million houses a year right, right now at our peak. Yes, exactly. At our peak. And then you, you add in the supply chain constraints mm-hmm. and you add in um, labor shortages. Yeah. You add in, you know, right now, even locally here, we have a, we have a cement strike going on. You know, building is stopping. 
Um, I have new construction projects that are on hold because. You can't really say it's set in stone. Okay. <laughs> set in stone. We wish it were. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, I love no, dumb and, jokes. And your 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 doorknobs are sitting on a freighter anchored off of uh, Woodby Island. You know, yeah. waiting for space in the port to come in and unload. Mm-hmm. So until these, well, I could get out there on my boat and just kind of like ferry over. <laughs> Thought. Who wants to come with me? I'm sure you're not the first <laughs> We're one. We're gonna have, have new pirates out in the yeah, sailor right. sea. <laughs> I just need parts for my house. <laughs> that's right. That's what's, a whole other thing. What's that? I am the captain now. It's <laughs> gonna be a whole other, whole other thing. <laughs> Sorry. I, I used to think that pirates' favorite letter was R. You know, of like course, that. But yes. they're also fond of the sea. Yes. Yeah, yes, so, yes. Yes. Anyway, yes. Yes. But no, yeah. so, you know, okay, so we're talking about this and I just have to tell you, because I haven't mentioned this to you yet, since so because I haven't talked to you for a couple of days, which is shocking, yeah. but um, I got into a Twitter fight the other day. Oh, no. <laughs> well, no, no, no. It was awesome. Here's what I want to tell you. So Peter Diamandis, I've talked about this guy on the show numerous times because two of his books, Bold and Abundance, are two of my favorite books, followed up by Humans Are Underrated, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And read them in the order of Abundance and then Bold and Humans Are Underrated, right? So Peter, who is the guy who helped put the money up for the X Prize that helped start Elon Musk towards winning that for SpaceX, oh wow, which is why it's called SpaceX, right? Because it was the X Prize. Mm-hmm. He was just looking for something to fund. Wow. And that was part of it. Well, Peter Diamandis is on Twitter, and he posted a query basically saying, what's the next industry that needs disruption? And a bunch of people got into stuff, and one bozo brought up housing. And you know, and I say bozo only because I'm like, people have been trying to disrupt the real estate industry itself for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Redfin was the first one who really tried to bring the technology in, mm-hmm. right? Right. And and now there's lots of people who've gotten into it because they finally figured out, oh, look, housing is 17 percent of the GDP. Duh. We can (laughs) do something else after taxis and all these other. And one person said, well, as soon as we can figure out housing as, you know, houses as a service, like trying to take the idea of SaaS and applying it to Mm -hmm. a home. I went, dude, that's called Airbnb and Verbo. Mm -hmm. And he was like, no, I'm talking manufacturing. I'm like, well, that's not housing as a service. There's hard goods and there's soft goods. And if you're doing housing as a service, that's when we're talking like those kinds of things. Mm. If we're talking the actual manufacturing, yeah, we've been trying to come up like there's EFIS panels. There's all kinds of other things that we're trying to come up with. I said, but what you have to realize is that it's a different building environment in every area of the country in the world. So you Mm. can't just take one thing and make it universal. Oh, just look at locally here. I mean, right. Exactly. I'm not building the same thing in Florida that I'm building here. I was, you know, we have one of our mutual clients buying down there and he's like, yeah, I'm learning about all these new bugs. I got to be worried about, you know, and I got to worry about, you know, this foundation in sand soil and, you know, it's all very different. Right. And so I'm bringing that up in the conversation so two of the things that i brought up one in specific that has to do with housing was i'm like i'd love it if someone could go out and figure out the whole data component around ownership on the planet because maybe we would end up having a different mortgage-backed securities market that's not just focused on the u.s Mm -hmm. and it would make it safer to own property anywhere on the planet Mm -hmm. because when i tried to buy in panama there's three different levels of title ownership Mm -hmm. right so right. there's a lot of Every different challenges, has. which, and I'm bringing part of this up because I think it actually is interesting because it doesn't exactly tie into our guest today, but we do talk about what the risk of ownership is mm-hmm. right? For yeah, sure. and buying property. Yeah. And so that was one of my, and you know what I love though? 
so the two of the the concepts that I put forward, I'm I'm a total fangirl to this dude because he's so brilliant. But Peter Diamandis was liking my stuff, and I'm like, oh, oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> he liked my idea <laughs> because he's looking for global. Right. Action solutions. He's not yeah. looking just for the U.S. He's looking at global action, and I was like, "Dude, yeah. you get what I'm talking about." That's a awesome. Tough road to hoe. I loved it so it's, much. It's a great idea. Anyway, I'm a total dork. Let's talk. Let's talk <laughs> about speaking of um, kind of risks and everything. Let's talk about what's mm -hmm. going on in the markets here too. Yeah. So, what are you seeing? Um, oh, listings good. versus pendings. You know, so um, we're still outpacing on the pendings. Um, it's it's. Just getting much more challenging on on the offers, right? Because mm -hmm. we've been in this environment for so long, it's getting harder and harder to differentiate, mm -hmm. right? So it is almost getting much more into the, is someone fully underwritten? And what is the amount of money you have right. versus just all the other little things that you can put into an offer? Like I'm, I'm in all these forums, as you know, like with my you know elite coaching groups and things like that. We're dealing with some of the best people on the, you know, in the United States and the planet who do real estate. And, you know, someone was posting out like, I'm trying to compete in this offer situation. I've already got all these things inside my offer. Anyone else got ideas on what I can do? Mm -hmm. And it mostly I'm boiled down to the financial picture. I hate to say, because as you and I both know, love letters aren't necessarily, you know, sticking it like they used to. Mm -mm. Um, and when you have that five, 10, 20, 30, or 50 offers, it's really hard to stand out. It is. And I get the question. I'm, I do a lot of coaching of mm -hmm. real estate agents as well, you know, yeah. and, and it's like, what else can we do? You know, we've lost out on four, you know, now we're going on number five. Yeah. And you know, what my, my take is on it is that once you actually, cause some people, they get into this frenzy of let's just throw offers out. Mm, Let's just no. do all these. And I'm like, no, 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 no. This is the time to laser focus you have a plan. what you want. <laughs> right. And then go hard, 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 hard. Everything you got after that one thing. Like if you went to the Olympics, you don't go jump into 10 races no. and hope you win one of them. You get really, really good at one thing and you go for it and communicate yeah. I mean, that's the one thing where yeah. you, you've had such good success because mm -hmm. you communicate with the other agent yeah hey, the offer is coming in let me tell you about it yes and then i call them up hey let me tell you about this client um, those things matter all those things make a difference they do make a difference i i had a one of my colleagues in california the other day was lamenting you know he was doing a, a instagram reel where he said I'm sitting here looking at my email. He goes, we did the offer review yesterday and there's an email that's in my spam folder that this guy never even bothered to call. Oh, and wow. he goes, and this was probably better than what we actually took, but I didn't even know it was there. He well, goes, what kind of representation is this? Mm -hmm. Right? Like who you work with does really matter. Oh, it does. Yeah, it definitely you know? does. And the, the advice they give you mm -hmm. really matters. Right. Right. Yeah, having that strategy and and really coming in guns a blazing. Mm -hmm. But, you know, a seller's going to, you know, of course, they're going to want to know how much of his down payment. Yep. You know, what's, are they, are we fully underwritten? Yeah. And Full underwrite is a big oh, deal. It's a huge one. It's a huge one. Then the other one is, 
what happens if the appraisal comes in low? Yep. You know, is there a way to yep. make guarantees? Up, we talked about the, the appraisal gaps. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. What are your Those options? Those are really going to be the big, the big ones, and mm-hmm. then and then they're going to look at all these different offers and pick the one with the lowest. But communicating risk. because sometimes that down payment is not the full financial story. So True. that's where the communication really comes and in. And that's where our guest is going to come in as well yes. here. So we have more open house with Team Reba coming right back up. We just have to take a real quick break here. So stay tuned. We're talking with mm-hmm. Sharon Knowles, talking about PMI private mortgage insurance for those who don't know. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. Eric Osnes here from Homebridge Financial. And Reba Haas from Team Reba and enjoying some of my swag. Ooh, look at that. Drinking the, out of my fun the, new beverage that's right. Container. Well, I have swag here also from Arch Mortgage Insurance. We're yes. going to get to that in just a second. We will. Here. Uh, but we are here every Saturday at two o'clock. Yes, we are. Sundays from three to four. And always on podcast. Yes. Always, always, always. Yep. And if you have questions, you know, we love answering story problems, trying to solve those. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can reach me, uh, Eric, at ericismybanker.com. You can call me anytime, 206-915-ERIC. That's Eric with a C. And Reva, how about you? So for general inquiries, uh, my team is always attuned to our info at teamreba.com. If you have a private question, though, you don't need my whole team seeing all the details, mm-hmm. you know, a little more kind of intimate details sometimes. Life stuff. Yes. Uh, you can always email me at reba at teamreba.com. That's R-E-B-A. Or you can also call or text me at our 206-457-2984 number. Excellent. All right. I want to talk about rates here real quick. Please so do. It's busy, busy, Because I busy really week. want to know where they're at right now yeah. because there's a house I want. It's it's a little nuts right now. <laughs> uh, I just will warn you. Uh, so we'll talk about kind of short term and long term. But short term, okay. what's going on right now is, you know, the markets are are, are heavily weighed on what on this this you know, growing crisis in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Uh, normally when things like that happen, we get what's called flight to safety investing. Right. People buy our bonds, supply exceeds demand and, and interest mm-hmm. rates go down. That happened for about three days. And then yeah. it went away because now the real concern is inflation mm-hmm. and oil. Right. And as the prices of oil go up and there's lots of finger pointing and everything else, but the table was set. Yep long ago for for what's mm-hmm. happening right now mm-hmm. um, as that goes up uh, it's it's causing more and more inflation uh, this week we got producer price index out mm-hmm. uh, over 10 percent highest wow. highest reading since they've been keeping records of it and the producer price index is the price that manufacturers pay for mm-hmm. goods and components raw materials right. and and it will to absolutely 100 percent be passed along you know, to, you know, to the consumer. So right. it's a, it's what's called a leading economic indicator. Yep. Um, on top of that, um, you know, this week, um, the uh, whole region of Shenzhen in China was shut down. Uh, they make a lot of chips there. So if you own an Apple phone, we're, we're not talking that's where potato your chip chips. Came from right? <laughs> exactly. Not, we're not talking the edible kind. No, <laughs> the things that run your your computers no. and your phones and everything else. That's right. So that's going to further exacerbate.
processor bait, you know, the mm-hmm. chip shortage that's that's going on. So we're dealing with these supply chain constraints, with inflation, um, with mm-hmm. crises going on in the world. Oh yeah. And as, as my those, staging mover just upped his <laughs> uh, prices for doing our moves because well, he's like, gas, I gotta do it. My lawn go. mowing guys, I everything's going up. Everything's going up. You know, the Fed did increase rates. Mm-hmm. You know, that actually is. A good thing, mm-hmm. because when the Fed increases rates, it's seen as, as helping to fight inflation. Was right. it enough? Probably not. Uh, but it, it's helpful at least a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the short run, what we can expect is rates will drift a little bit higher. Probably not a lot higher is what we're okay. expecting uh, to the point that people start to curtail their purchases and their spending. And then the economy will start to slow. And, uh, you know, we're forecasting some economists think we might slip into a recession later this year. When that happens, interest rates will follow. They'll actually go down. And, you know, we'll watch for that. But like we were talking about in the previous segment, you know, what does that do to housing? We really don't see that causing a Mm -hmm. bubble in housing because there's just too little supply, still Mm -hmm. too much demand. Uh, You know, so I think we're going to be okay with that. So every time someone asks me, what if I just go build my house? All those same things will impact whether it, or not it's sure going to be and, affordable. And good luck so. getting a contractor to show up within the next year because exactly. they're booked a year out. That's, that's what I'm working so on. So that's what's yeah. happening. So here's the national averages for mortgage rates um, for this week. A conventional 30-year fixed rate, 4.38%. You know, that's up from about 4.09 a week ago. 15-year fixed rates, 3.69, up from 3.41 last week. FHA and VA still under 4%, 3.88, up from 3.63% last week. And jumbo 30-year fixed rates also still under 4%, 3.85, up a little bit from 3.63% last week. So, you know, and, and with all this talk about inflation, should you adjust your, your, your home purchase plans? And, you know, my short answer would be hurry up, you know, mm-hmm. don't. Get in there. Yeah, no, I'm with you. You know, this is the uh, buying a home is the ultimate hedge against inflation because yes, the other statistic is. is rents. Rents are up 12.6% mm-hmm. year over year. Yeah, we were talking about this a few shows ago because I had the information from Windermere Property Management and all of their interior Seattle numbers were way up. Some yeah. of them even getting into the 20%. Yeah, now. shocking numbers. Yeah. So, with, with all that information, what if you don't have the traditional 20% down payment? Oh, my goodness. Oh, that was the other fight I had on Twitter. <laughs> no, because seriously, this guy went on. He made, yeah, well, no, he made the same, same bozo made a comment about, well, and if anyone wants to have anything under 20%, you got to have those quote unquote creative loan products. And then I basically said, and this is a great segue for us, I said, um, Frankly, you need to look into this a little bit more. I happen to teach homebuyer classes, and in the state of Washington, a really great place for zero or low down programs is, and I gave him WSHF. WSHFC.org. Yeah, .org. <laughs> I gave him that website and went, maybe you want to go read up on this. Probably a good idea. I also, because uh, he also complained about 1031 exchanges, and I sent him one of our links to one of our podcasts. <laughs> Well, there you go. For 
Gen 31. <laughs> so the the short answer, yes, it is absolutely possible to buy a home with less than 20% down. And which it is has why been for a really long time. Because, you know, like FHA has been around, what, since the 1940s? That's right. So I'm really happy to have Sharon Knowles on with us with Arch Mortgage Insurance. Thanks again for joining us today, yes. Sharon. Thanks for having me, Eric. It's great being here. And it's my first radio show. And you guys are good. Oh, well, well, thank you. Well, we're excited to have you on. And I am... We had this one time before when we were on a different station, and uh, I will say we we got to a point in the conversation that we were talking about how dead sexy PMI could be. <laughs> so I'm going to give you a little warning if That's you didn't right. tell you in advance of coming on with us. Yeah, there you go. That, uh, that I'm nerdy enough that I'm like, PMI talk is actually pretty dead sexy. So sure. <laughs> Tell, tell us, kind of give us the, the, the elevator speech on PMI and what it is and how it works and all of that. Oh, great, great. And I want to begin with saying that the um, National Association of Realtors in 2021 did a um, examine home purchase trends, and they found that the average down payment on a house is 12% mm -hmm. nationally. Well, so, there you go. Yep. Th yes. Wow. I, I, so clearly there's programs. <laughs> yes. There's lots of, lots of programs. Well, we talk all the time, especially as people come into kind of the the housing types that are are or price points that typically tend to be the first time buyer. You know, you're usually looking at about forty percent of the market is in that first time buyer range, and many of them over the years have used FHA and other kinds of programs that that require mortgage insurance because of the fact that like they're they're saving, 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 but it's you know it. In today's world, when housing prices are so high, it takes quite a while to try and save 20% down. So people just want to get in and start leveraging that that power. Exactly, exactly. And um, I should segue into the actual definition of mortgage insurance, because unlike FHA and VA, where they're government agencies, mm -hmm. private mortgage insurance is called just that because we're private mortgage insurance companies. So we insure on the private sector uh, lenders against borrower default and loans that they mm -hmm. have less than 20% down generally carry a higher level of risk. And so we're helping the investor lower that risk. And from the borrower standpoint, we benefit them because... Um, it can help increase their purchasing power and do many things. And yes. I know for me personally, when I was 25, I bought my first house with my sister and we didn't have 20% to put down. So it enabled us to get into a home by putting less than 20% mm -hmm. down. Yeah, I, I think most of the homes I've purchased have been conventional, but with a small, in fact, the house I live in now, I bought with 5% mm -hmm. down. Sure. The house before that, same same kind of thing. My well, first house... You're getting on that equity train sooner, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. and if, if you don't have the 20%, fine. So let's dispel a few myths about, yes. about PMI. The first one is that it's really, really expensive. Well, actually, thank you for bringing that up. With good credit, it's a lot less expensive than FHA loans. Mm -hmm. And um, another myth is maybe that all the loans that have private mortgage insurance is because the borrower doesn't have it. Well, many borrowers choose not to put all of their savings down on a home. And in this situation, we have locally mm -hmm. with the rapid appreciation, you know, it's hard to save money fast enough, but yep. also being in a pandemic, mm -hmm. um, hopefully one thing that it's taught us is to have money set aside for emergencies and reserves. Yes, And mm -hmm. I know that um, with my last two homes I, that I had built, um, 
I've made this mistake twice, actually, where you move into your home and then you don't have the money to pay for window coverings, which are so important yep. because <laughs> our houses are a lot close together than perhaps if yep. we're in Montana or something. Right. Yeah. So. No, that's well, I mean, OK, you totally hit into an arena. It's because there's the cost to purchase your home, the cost to then move in to the home and then furnish it. Because a lot of times when people are going into that first home, they're stepping up in size. A lot of times maybe they've been in an apartment and now they're going into a house and they're going to go into twice the space and now they need those things. In fact, they've they've shown many times also because I am a, a realtor also as in membership. Um, they say, you know, typically it's about $15,000 for somebody to move into a place. And as you also just mentioned in this environment, we've discussed numerous times that someone having the savings on the side gives them that opportunity to deal with appraisal gaps. Mm -hmm. If you can modify your down payment amount and still make something work and then be able to have the funds set aside for that appraisal gap, you're in one of the best positions you can possibly be in to compete. Definitely. We're talking about appraisal gaps and how to help lenders with their borrowers a lot because um, as you both know, it's multiple offers before yours gets accepted. So mm-hmm. it's also driving up the cost of the home. Mm-hmm. So you you came in at a certain amount over and above the asking price. Well, that doesn't mean that the appraisal is going to come in at that same higher value. Right. Mm-hmm. So somebody that maybe originally was pre-qualified to put 20% down, um, they can still get into that home and they mm-hmm. can change it as, mm-hmm. as they go through the financing process. So now they can keep their payments roughly the same if they just put less down and, again, increase their purchase purchasing power. So instead mm-hmm. of putting less than 20% down, you can put, you know, five or 10% down and still get that home. So we're really mm-hmm. helping people get into homes. And I love that about this. industry. Yeah, that I no, have. it's, it's, it's such a great strategy. I mean, how, how many years have we been using that now, Eric? <laughs> it's, it's, it's a important tool Several. in the toolbox there for sure. Well, Several years. So and, I'm excited about it. And just to kind of walk, walk that through, let's say I've got a, oh, actually, you know what? We have to take a quick break. Yes. But uh, just to finish that thought, mm-hmm. if I had somebody, maybe they're putting 10% down mm-hmm. and the appraisal comes in low, I can increase my loan to essentially the equivalent of 5% right. down and still close the transaction and they don't need to bring any more money in. Yeah. We just adjust the PMI on right. it. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hassett, Team Reba, Remax Metro East Side. And Eric Oz is here from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. And you know what? Somebody said the other what? day that we have no class. And that's just well, not true. That's not uncommon to be said, but that's you're correct. It's not true. No, we do have class. <laughs> we totally have class. April we have lots 9th. of class. <laughs> yeah, so, so we're actually going to be teaching the official first-time homebuyer class sponsored by the Washington State Housing Finance Commission. Mm-hmm. And we'll be talking about things like PMI plus other stuff, yes. important stuff to cram your head with to make you a successful homeowner. We love to cram pack your head. <laughs> That's right. So... <laughs> So this class um, is required if you want to have a zero down loan or a lot of the mm-hmm. first time homebuyer type programs. Yeah. Uh, it's a five hour class. So it's a commitment. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you'll walk away so prepared uh, yes. to jump into this into this crazy market. That One we're of the in things right I now. love is that you and I've been teaching those classes for I don't even know how many years now. It's a ridiculous 25 number. for me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I've been back. in the industry 18. So yeah, yeah, I mean, like we could have a high schooler together, you know? <laughs> uh, we don't, anyone. That's no. <laughs> just FYI. Uh, <laughs> but 
the the fact that we've had these classes and the availability of that and that we continue to do it it's just it's yep. a fantastic thing that we offer um you want to make sure and tell people though that this class is blended it's hybrid Yes. Yeah. Unlike yeah. the one where we were trying to do it with wine, where there'd be a blend, this right. time it's this blended one. in terms right. of format because we're doing online and in person. That's right. So you can you can log in and take it via Zoom, or you can mm-hmm. just come on in. We'll be teaching it in Tukwila, yeah. And uh, and so it's your choice if you if you want to show up in Tukwila, we will feed you. Yes. As well as you know, lots feed of information as well. So to um, to reserve your space because space is limited, mm-hmm. uh, just uh, email info at team. Reba.com. Right. And we'll send you the link where you could do all the full mm-hmm. sign up. And you can decide. Do you want to show up, get some good food? Yeah. Or you want to just log in and sit there in your jammies and sip a hot toddy. Whatever you want to do. We're good Someone may it. show up in their jammies in person. That's I mean, fine, you know, too. Some people do that. But no but hot toddies okay. unless you bring enough for everyone. That's the rule. Okay. <laughs> Yes. All right. Gotcha. Well, so back to PMI. <laughs> so we're, we're here with Sharon Knowles from Arch Mortgage Insurance. And Sharon, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. How long have you been in the, this mortgage insurance industry? Well, it's actually my first job since college. So I, with the same company. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, Good for, I mean, you don't hear that all the time no. anymore. But, no. But that's awesome. Actually, Gail Wilfringer has been in insurance her entire mm, adult has. life, too. Yeah, Different yeah. companies sometimes, but yeah, yeah, yeah. same thing. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, what I, is it about the insurance thing that just like has you stick with it for so long? Well, initially it was because it came with a company car. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I started out entry level right when I was in college and then I was selling shoes on the weekends. And then I had one finance class before I was graduating. And as soon as I finished that, I thought, OK, I'm going to look for a real job. And then all of a sudden my car burned when I was crossing 520 bridge heading east and then the next day i go to work and there's an opening for a sales job with a company car so it's really just all about the car (laughs) oh my gosh oh my but the car didn't make you stay so i mean (laughs) obviously you enjoy what you're doing but the company and the people did and and you know isn't it great to be in the industry where we're helping people attain the dream of home ownership yes so it really feels good to and it's very purposeful so even though i have a small part in it i still am really proud of that yeah. Absolutely. Well, we we've loved working with you over the years. I I, I still we were talking during the break. Mm-hmm. I remember you, you know, kind of going around our office at at Washington Mutual, Wamu. You know, I don't know how many months you know pregnant, and now you know I'm seeing your your daughter on social media married. It's like, wow, how'd that happen? Yeah, it's, it's it's fun. And throughout the years, I, I appreciate the fact that I've helped with many training sessions for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, back yeah. in the day when you were at Washington Mutual 25 years ago, you were doing clock hours, continuing mm-hmm. education credits for your realtors. Right. You would have mm-hmm. me come in as a guest speaker as you well. Still as, do. still do. As do a lot of staff meetings with your office. And mm-hmm. so I always appreciate the opportunity to assist and be a guest speaker and partner with you because mm-hmm. the other thing that I admire is the fact that you're so dedicated to bringing your knowledge and increasing your expertise expertise and sharing it with others that's fun yeah we have fun with it are are those earphones still fitting your head no, right now like i've never heard someone to, give you so many compliments all that up in a one couple sitting. notches there yeah, <laughs> anyway <laughs> so so let we were talking about some myths with pmi before the break and and one of the ones i, I did want to talk about is uh the myth that once you have it you can never get rid of it Oh, yeah. Right. Mortgage insurance is cancelable, unlike FHA. And there's a lot of Mm -hmm. different ways to cancel. There's automatic cancellation, which was a Homeowners Protection Act that was um, Mm -hmm. initiated long ago. And so when you 
loan amortizes down to a 78% LTV by making normal payments, you it will automatically cancel and then So 78% of loan your to original value. purchase price. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. And then you can also work with your um, servicer and find mm-hmm. out when it's at uh, 20% equity position because you can mm-hmm. cancel with the phone call as well. And then mm-hmm. there's other types of ways to cancel where you can either pay down principal or you can work with a servicer to bring in an appraisal, show show your value, mm-hmm. and then you know make sure to work closely with your loan servicer because really it's a business to business. And so your lender mm-hmm. handles the mortgage insurance as part of your financing and monthly payments. So keep that in mind to always contact the expert like you, Eric. Well, yeah. well yeah. we get that all the time on my side because – we often have a lot of contact with our clients after the sale. And in fact, actually, I have uh, several market analysis um, that I have to put together after this show, <laughs> actually, that I owe a few people um, because we get asked all the time to do that market analysis so that that person then feels confident going to their loan servicer. It's always interesting how, because um, you and I play off each other all mm-hmm. the time. Yeah. Um, but we frequently on the real estate side of things get asked to do that market update so that they can then go, okay, now I'm going to go back to my loan person and say, I'm ready to, to do this. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think part of that also is because, you know, the difference for our listeners is like to get an appraiser involved requires money. And oftentimes we, as the real estate agents, we do those for free for our clients, right? So that at least gives them a ballpark with which to go. Cause you and I, Eric have, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I can't even tell you how many times we've, we've done that back and forth where it's like, Hey, I'll go do a quick analysis. And then you know whether or not to move forward with somebody. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll ping you. I say, mm-hmm. Hey, can you check out this, this yeah. house? I think we're, we're there. Yeah. Um, because uh, correct me if I'm wrong on, on this one, Sharon, but there's even if, if you've owned a home for two years, and you've built up 25% equity in it, you know, we can do a new appraisal and remove the the PMI, you know, from it. Mm-hmm. Or if you've done significant remodeling, it has to be significant. Yes. Mm-hmm. You, you don't even have to wait two years, you know, to kind of hit that mark. So we have clients all the time mm-hmm. where, in fact, and all of my clients, I and you do this too, mm-hmm. um, we use a system called HomeBot where mm-hmm. it's a tracking Thing. We send out a monthly report to our clients. It tells what their equity is doing, you know, how much it's growing and, and you know, keeps mm-hmm. track of their loan balance and all of that, you know, so they can very almost real time see, you know, the, that equity growth with their, yeah. with their home. Well, and the thing that's been fun for me is as we've been putting clients into those systems, um, I'm going through and doing, cause it, it gives me an option cause it'll do its own AVM or, um, Oh my gosh, uh, automated valuation modeling. Yeah. Right. So it'll do the AVM, but then it will ask the system uh, or to me, like, hey, have you done a, a comparative market analysis on this recently? And just the other day, I was doing one for somebody who actually, I was the listing agent, but the buyer of this house, because we try and even stay in contact with the people who buy our listings. And that person responded to one of our emails, um, you know, saying, would you like to have this done? And so I updated that, put them in that system and found that even above the AVM, it was another 63,000 minimum for that particular house. Mm -hmm. And when I say minimum, it's because I looked at a comp analysis where I'm like, okay, 575 is what houses are going for on market in that area. 
However, two homes nearby just recently sold for over six hundred and seven hundred. Mm-hmm. And I just don't know what the state of the interior of the house is right now and some things like that. But I mean, they their equity position in just a year and a half, because they had paid top dollar for this. You know, they, they were in a competitive market, beat out other offers. Uh, we went, I think it was close to 80000 over asking price originally on that house. But now they're able, because they did buy with low down. In a very, but in a very short period of time, they've reached a point where they've got yeah, that equity. Now they're up. in that position right. to, to, to change that. Right. Mm-hmm. So another thing, Sharon, uh, maybe if you could talk about the different types of PMI, because most people think it's just added your monthly payment and that's your only choice. Yeah, yeah, that's but actually you got lots of other choices too, right? Yeah, absolutely. We try to give a lot of financing options to the borrower because we know that not everyone's in the same situation and you want to have options when it comes to your payments and the type of loan types you get. So typically it's monthly mortgage insurance that people are paying. And so that would be a fee, multi, a certain percentage multiplied by the loan amount divided by 12 and that would go in with your principal and interest and your mortgage payment that you make to the lender. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also do a one-time lump sum where you pay it mm-hmm. up front or you can finance that into the loan amount. And mm-hmm. um, a couple other options are where you build it into the interest rate. That's called Lord lender paid mortgage insurance. And lastly, there's a split premium type of option. We mm-hmm. call ours a buy down where you're basically um, have an initial rate up front and then it lowers your monthly rate. So there's I, lots of options. I, I like that that split one. Your, your website mm-hmm. has a, a slider and you can kind of say, well, if I pay 500 bucks up front or a little bit extra up front, this is how it lowers my monthly cost for PMI. And you can play around with kind of finding that sweet spot. Sometimes as lenders, we have to do that because we have a maximum debt to income ratio that we can qualify a person at. And if we add PMI and the property taxes and insurance and everything else, it we can be over that that limit. So then we'll look at like a single premium PMI program or, or this, you know, split, you know, premium, you know, options to kind of get that debt ratio down where we need it. So it's a super useful tool, Great. you know, for us as lenders. Okay. So that brings up a question for me when we're talking consumers and you're saying somebody's looking at this, is it always through you or does the consumer get the option? Cause you're saying when we're talking to the consumer, like, are you actually talking to them or is it through the lender? Well, it's business to business. We're nationwide, and there's a lot of risk with mortgage insurance because when you put um, less than 20% down, you have um, those tend to be the riskier loans. So mm-hmm. it's a lot of capital to get in the business. There's only six MI companies nationally. So it's okay. business to business um, that we work with the lender. Mm-hmm. So Okay. Right. And so you literally are, Eric, the one who's like I, playing I do. with that. And, and okay. we actually use... Do um, you tell the people that you're doing that? Like how... I do. I don't think every loan officer does. Uh, okay. You know, some just they're going to use company A or B or C, and that's that. Okay. You know, they don't really do that. But I, mm-hmm. I actually do look because I know also that every mortgage insurance company, there's, you know, like Sharon said, there's six of them. You know, they all have their mm-hmm. nuances, and some are better here, some are better than there. Although I have to say, nine times out of ten, yours is is one of the be- one of the best that I see, Sharon. But it is insurance, and your mm-hmm. rates, because it's insurance, are filed with the insurance commissioner, right? Yes. So, yeah. So they're, you know, once the the rates, the rate, you know. So it's not right. like you can barter it or anything like that. So speaking of bartering, if you got to go barter something, um, <laughs> we got to take chance. a real quick break. Now's your <laughs> chance. We're gonna be right back. We got more open house with Team Reba coming up. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. Eric Osnes here from Homebridge Financial. And Reba Haas from Team Reba. Thanks again for listening in today. And today we have Sharon Knowles with Arch Mortgage Insurance with us. So thanks again for joining us, Sharon. Thank you, Eric. And we were talking, I guess, before the break, we're, mm-hmm. we were kind of covering myths about mortgage insurance and 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 all of that. Um, and let's talk, I know there were a few more we were discussing mm-hmm. over the break you know, some kind of misconceptions about, about PMI and, and what it does yes. and who it's for. Yeah, every couple of years I get a call from a borrower and they say, my spouse just passed away and you have our private mortgage insurance. And it's so sad, but that, that is a different mm-hmm. type of insurance called credit life insurance and then also credit disability if they're you know disabled and in a, at a place where they can't pay their mortgage. So make sure to know the differences between that. And I got a new one that I'd never had in my 35 years in the business, which last week a borrower called me and said that they're holding the contract for a mortgage and they wanted to get mortgage insurance behind that. And and we are business to business. So um, again, we're national. And, you know, I spoke about the risk involved where you put less than 20% down. They tend to be riskier loans. But also, if you think back to 2006 and 2008 when there was a recession going on as an industry what? we paid <laughs> we paid 11 billion in claims back then so billion with billion. B. yeah wow. yeah you know i'm going to very quickly address that too because as much as i do sometimes hear people be like oh i don't want to pay pmi oh it's terrible I'm like you know what that really helped actually during because i ended up being a short sale specialist mm. during the recession and eric i mm-hmm. don't know how my head doesn't look like his um, <laughs> from that time period um but it it was always part of the discussion and i and i this is one of the reasons eric and i started this program was because of us having gone through stuff like that and we both truly believe in education we always say a, an educated consumer is a better consumer and we prefer to work with people who are really curious about the process and what it really means and i can't tell you how many times i had to sit across from somebody who had no idea these were not our clients mm-hmm. these were people who got referred to me because of being a short sale specialist and the number of people who didn't understand their own loan who didn't understand that now this PMI was actually going to help them out of this situation. It might have some restrictions on it, but at least it was helping and removing a portion of what they might then have to pay, or we could negotiate around what portion they might pay on something or get forgiven or, you know, it, it was, every situation was so very different but those were the immediate things I had to start asking was, do you know, like, how did you buy this place? And it was shocking how many people didn't even know how they'd bought their home. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're big into the understand what you're doing, understand right. it and know what it's for. And then, you know, like you were saying earlier, though, too, like using leverage to purchase and then grow your own personal asset base and wealth houses are one of the few places that you can do that you can't leverage your cash in the stock market right right and with stock market going so crazy you don't want to necessarily sell stocks to yeah. get into your home just put less money down and leave that asset yeah there got and write it out Try tons to- of tech clients are like i don't want to sell off my rsus they're mm-hmm. like i want to hang on to these mm-hmm. and right. like i'm with you man i'm totally with you absolutely and if you think about like your typical house last year that went up how much what percentage 18 percent okay Okay, so if you weren't at the twenty percent down a year ago, you are now. And but right, so what? But if you would have bought a year ago, you would have been 
super happy, mm-hmm. you know, with with you know that equity that you built yeah. up over that short period of time. So the PMI is it enables you to get into a home sooner. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't get, I, I, pardon me, Sharon, but you don't get anything for it. It doesn't pay you if somebody dies. It doesn't pay you if you're disabled. It's 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 loss prevention. It's loss insurance to the lender. Right. You know, so if that loan ever goes into foreclosure mm-hmm. or there's a, a loss taken by the lender, the PMI company compensates the lender for the loss. It's not a profit center for a lender. No. Nope. It's just a requirement when you're when you're. And doesn't even always cover down. all the loss either. Oh I mean, no. That was one uh-uh. of the things we found out during the recession, but. But it's just so useful, especially in this environment. And honestly, as we're sitting here talking to all these you know, people who are listening right now, we can't say it enough times. Housing prices aren't going down. Right. <laughs> They're not. Right. And, and, as right. I, and as I mentioned earlier, my first home I bought with my sister when I was 25 and we didn't have the money. And then my second home, I was able to build up some equity in my home and use mm-hmm. it to put more down on the second one. So mm-hmm. yeah. it helped me. It was a benefit. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. The long-term benefits of it are just so much better. I mean, I'm, I've been doing that, as you know, like with the damage that happened to my place in Anacortes. The way I'm paying for that is because my house in Renton has gone up so much in value. And I mentioned earlier, I bought it with 5% down. Right. You know, so, I mean, the whole idea that that now is helping me to do this other because I, you know, on an investment, you can't do this. Right. So, I mean, being very clear to everyone listening to this, you can't be doing this with investment property property. But, you know, well, you could put. 15% 15% yes, down. We still okay, those. well, there you go. I gave you a segue I didn't even know was going to happen. But generally speaking, like, well, it depends on the loan program, though, too, because the one that I used for this that you have, that, that yeah. cash flow program, I had to put like 20, 25% down on each of those properties. Mm-hmm. But the fact that one of them got so severely damaged, being able to tap into the equity on this other house, I mean, I was so glad that I made that purchase when I did. And even mm-hmm. even though I bought it at what what was the beginning of the downturn originally, but mm-hmm. over time that all came back and it's been nothing but positive. Yeah, yeah. Other thoughts you've got for us, Sharon? So I love that you actually you just threw in the thing about you can actually use it for some investment property. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, so yeah. we're one of the few okay. to still insure those loans as well. Mm-hmm. Oh well, there you go. And and you know PMI pretty much starts with what three percent down you know, loan programs, mm-hmm. but there's tiers for the cost of PMI. Yes. So, so what is it? 3%, 5%, 10%, 15%. Yes. The more you put down, the less expensive, you know, the, the cost of the PMI. Well, that makes sense. Exactly. It'd be weird if it was the other way. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm just being clear here. Sorry. What no. other factors affect the cost of it? Well, your, your credit score, um, Obviously, the loan type, um, you mentioned debt to income earlier, and uh, we have a lot of different variables that come into play because we use risk-based pricing with mortgage insurance and all the other MI companies do as well. So Mm -hmm. we look at the whole the whole package really just kind of a fairly new thing, you know, where uh, because like even if you have two borrowers versus one, correct? Yes. It's less expensive. We have a lower rate for that. Yes. Why? Because Why it's it's proven to show that you have half the amount of risk with two borrowers versus just one. So if you think of it, if you have two borrowers in the home, um, something happened to the first borrower's income, mm-hmm. that second borrower can help make the payment. If they're not working and there's two borrowers, um, that second borrower can go out and get a job and pad the income. So there's a lot more flexibility with that. Mm. So all you single ladies out there, <laughs> well, they are the second largest buying group behind couples. They need yes. a they need a BB, uh, you know, borrowing buddy. 
Yeah, well, okay, so well, let me... like me okay. and my sister. I was yeah. about to say, though, so does it, <laughs> does it apply when it's that type of purchasing arrangement versus like a married couple then? So... No, just two mm-hmm. borrowers. Just yeah, two borrowers. borrowers. Yep. So, you know, I, I'm glad you actually brought this up because I'm seeing more and more people buying houses together mm-hmm. yep. because of all of mm-hmm. this. Yeah. You know, I, have a, I have a listing that's going to be coming up on a Woodby Island later this year, and it's a perfect scenario for one of those because it has a lower level um that is perfect for setting up another unit an adu yeah and it's it's like i want to put it in front of a couple of friends of mine just to say this is a perfect retirement opportunity because a lot of women i know that are my age group right we're in i'm in my 50s a lot of them are single divorced never married it doesn't matter uh or some widowed and they're like I want to live with my friends, but I don't want to have to be necessarily in the same part of the house, right? Like we just want mm-hmm. to be able to hang out and be kind of around each other and that type of right. thing. So that's kind of actually a, a neat idea. I'm working like on one of those right now with three yeah. three ladies that have been friends for life and they've decided they're all just going to go together and buy a house and yeah. live together. I call them the three amigas. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so they're you know out there looking right now. Um, the other thing we were talking about our first time mm-hmm. homebuyer class. And if you're taking out of some of the special first time homebuyer classes, mm-hmm. the cost of the PMI is substantially discounted. Yes. Yes, because the um, if you put 10% down, normally you acquire 25% coverage. And then when you're doing a Washington State Housing Finance Commission loan, that is only 18% coverage. So when you ask for lower coverage, awesome. that's a lower rate for mortgage insurance. And that's because they've proven time and time again, if you go to that class... You reduce your risk because you're now educated. It's all about risk. Yep. Well, thanks again so much for joining us, Sharon. Hope we can have you on again in the future here. Thank you. 